When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. Razavani for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. With me, I've got Sky Sports' very own Matthew Macklin. Matt, how are we doing? I'm good, mate. Yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. Enjoyed the uh, extra hour in bed? Time's changed? Yeah, I think a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> How's the weekend been? Uh, it's been quiet, really. Didn't haven't done too much. Not, not a lot. Just chilled out. Uh, obviously, got pay per view week uh, coming up now, so that's always busy. Uh, just prepping for it. Just getting, you know, just I don't know. It, there's always something to do. I couldn't tell you what it, I couldn't tell you what I'm going to do, but there's always stuff to do. And Matt, before we talk anything about boxing, just wanna, I don't know if you if you watch UFC or MMA. Do you have much? No, I, not really. Um, I, I know Khabib won last night. I didn't see it, um, but I've, I've seen. I know, obviously, I know who he is. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not. I'm not a UFC fan, but I know who Khabib is. Obviously, uh, so yeah. No, I, I heard he retired. He won and retired. Um, but you know what? And I, I was reading some of the comments, and I watched a few of the interviews and things. You know what? I, he, he strikes me when he spoke. He reminded me a little bit of when Andre Ward retired. You know, it's not. I don't think he's someone that's chasing a hundred million. Do you know what I mean? He's, it's like job done here, mission accomplished. Uh, and you know, they're, they're they're men of faith, aren't they? You know, you, Andrew Ward is, and so is Khabib. You hear him talking. So, boxing is just a part of his journey. You know, and it's done, mission accomplished, undefeated. No one beat me. I achieved what I wanted to. On to the next thing now in life. And I think people like that sail into retirement because. They realise it's it's a part of their journey. They're not, they're not, they're not. They're in line with their true self. They're not trying to be the ego, you know. The the the, the, the person in the fight that that's the ego. Let's say you know the son of God. But, but Andre's Andre. Andre Ward's Andre, and he knows that. And he can. He, I think people like him can be. They can separate it, and they move on. They realise it's just a part of their life, and and they. It's like they always knew it was only going to be a part of their life, and they don't have a problem letting it go. Um, and it's great to see, you know, it's, it's lovely to see that, that they move on. Yeah, I mean, listen, how could you not? I mean, you could say, how could you not? But there's people that struggle to let it go. I mean, Joe Calzaghe, you have to admire walking away at the top when there were so many big fights out there where he could have been lured for another big, massive payday to walk away undefeated at the top. No, fair play to them, man. But like I say, I, I'm not, I've got a kid who does a bit of PT in with me, um, he fights MMA, not UFC, but like uh, Bama and things like that, Cage Warriors. So, you know, he's always talking to me about it. We're always talking about strength and conditioning and fitness and camps and different things, ways we do things in a bit of, you know, over time again, what we do differently, all this sort of stuff. But uh, so, you know, I, I know a little bit about MMA and UFC, but, I, but I'm, not, I'm not an avid fan. I don't stay in and watch them. I couldn't tell you 
particularly who's who obviously could be, you know, he's, he's like the man, isn't he? McGregor and these kind of people, I know who they are, but I wouldn't, I definitely would be a, an MMA kind of sore and I wouldn't, I couldn't pretend to be. <laughs> no way, I wasn't going to go into intricate details about MMA. <laughs> uh, but you mentioned the Andre Ward. It, is it, why is it that the, you don't get many fighters once they reach the pinnacle of the sport and achieved everything, whether they've had losses or not, but call it in and we see so many fighters carry on and take that one too many punches. Well, it's like, it's like when you people drink alcohol or take drugs, they're, they're chasing a high and the first, the initial high, everything after that, you're never going to get it as good, but you're constantly chasing that high where, you know, boxing's a high and, you know, you hit your peak in your career, you know, you're world champion, whatever, whatever the peak of your career is. And it's amazing. And then, you know, I suppose a lot of people are trying to chase that feeling. I sort of stay there. And, you know, there was, um, I can't remember who said it. I think it was Sugar Ray Leonard when he talked about retiring and coming back. And, you know, he tried to drink, he tried the drugs, the women, all the, whatever he tried, all the stuff to try and replace it. And he never could replace it. And he had the comebacks. And obviously, you're never the same. You, you know, you get older. Just That's just the biological fact of, of humans. We get older and that's that. But he, he said, um, it took me a while to accept it. He said, and then when I did, he said, um, I was at peace. He said, but I think, what did he say? He said, and I, and I realized that, you know, don't cry that it's over. Smile that it happened. And I love that, you know, because that, you know, you dream all your life when you're a kid, you're coming through the amateurs and all this. You, I mean, you're dreaming and then you get to live your dreams and more. And then to be, what, depressed at the end of it? What, what the fuck's that all about? <laughs> what was the point in going through all that sacrifice, all that, you know, facing your fears, the loneliness, the diet, in everything, to go through all that stuff, to live your dreams, to then be depressed at the end of it? You know, you've got to let it go. It was never going to be forever. And don't, I'm not saying that you, it flips overnight. It's not because you're going to miss it. And it's, and it's something you've been doing your every single day of your life. You know, it's everything you've been thinking about. You probably haven't dreamt past this point. You know, you haven't envisaged your life past this point. So it is difficult. You know, of course it is. Even your identity. Well, who am I now? All that sort of thing. But you've got to get there. Do you know what I mean? But I, but I think guys like Khabib and Andre Ward, who are very spiritual people, they do it effortlessly. It's because it, they know they ain't at the center of the universe. You know, a lot of fighters, a lot of athletes can be quite selfish, self-centered. To, to a degree, maybe you have to be a little bit because it's that kind of, you know, industry sport, whatever. But, you know, they're not, I don't think they're self-centered in that. I think that they know they're only part of a much bigger thing, you know, and, and that's what their faith gives them. So they, I think they, um, they never thought it was going to be forever. So they, they, don't have, they have no problem letting go of it and being themselves. I think, you know, yeah, that's what, I mean, I could waffle on. You know I mean? So I've got to be careful. But what about yourself? When you retired, at any stage after you retired, and you were in some big fights as well, did you, did you ever think about, I want to go back in, I want to get the adrenaline, or any financial related motives? No, not really. No, I mean, see, 
I lost a fight in, I, lost, I, I retired 2006 in the April, in the May. I lost, my last fight was the April. Then I thought about it for a few weeks and I retired in the May. Um, two, 18 months before that, I lost a fight in Ireland. It was for final eliminated the WBC. If I'd have won it, I'd have got the fight with Cotter. Loads of injuries in the build-up. Bad camp. Anyway, you know, then, then overtrained on the physicals. I couldn't punch because my hands were fucked, basically. So then I was like, I probably overtrained on the physical side of things. Any, anyway, long story short, that's the fight. But because of those things that had happened, like the, the injuries and the overtraining, I think if I retired then, and I was going to retire then, because I thought, where do I go from here? And I was, you know, I knew I wasn't the fighter I was anymore and all that sort of thing. But I think had I retired then, I probably would have come back because I, I think it would have niggled me because I didn't, I'd have been thinking, oh, I overtrained and I wasn't injured and all this sort of stuff. So I ended up, in my, in my head, I didn't announce retirement, but in, in my head and my heart, I had retired that, that, the next day. I thought, that's it, I'm done really. I thought, well, I'll, I'll let the Christmas get out of the way in New Year. Won't make a decision in the heat at the moment. You know, and then there was an offer to fight for Jacobs for a world title, which never materialised. But anyway, it got me thinking, it got me back in. Then there was a show in Birmingham, and it sucks you back in. It doesn't want to let you go. <laughs> it doesn't want to let you go. So I thought, mm, well, I'll have the fight in Birmingham, and we'll see. Then I had the fight of one. I thought, well, look, we'll have one more. And anyway, anyway, I had four fights, and I won them all. But the, but the performances weren't happening. I was getting away with it. I was beating guys that really a couple of, I was you know I was beating guys on points that really a couple of years earlier I probably wouldn't even have them no disrespect as sparring partners at that time you know I'm not saying they maybe later on but where I was then and where they were then it wouldn't have yeah a couple of years on and I'm 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 beating them but I'm struggling. So um you know I thought what am I chasing? I thought what am I holding on for? I suppose I was thinking maybe I can get one last big fight and go out on a world title shot and just go for it. If I win, I win. If I lose, I cash out on a world title shot. But then I realised I've probably got to beat someone, you know, decent to get that. And I probably haven't got that in me anymore. And then, and I was cutting corners in training. And I just, I that I done. I was doing things I'd never done. I'd never. Do you know what I mean? And I knew I'd been pro fifteen years. Do you know what I mean? I'd changed trainers. I've been in, in America, I've been in Spain, I've been in Manchester, been, you know, it, 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 it eats away at the hunger. Plus, I'd achieved a lot. I'd fought for the world title three times. I'd been European champion twice, but I'd earned a nice few quid. Do you know what I mean? There was, all these things happen at the same time. And I was getting older. You know, when I did have a spa, I didn't really want to get hit anymore. When I was young, but I, I was fearless. I, I loved the hard spa. <laughs> Harder the better. You know, now as old as I keep, oh, oh, I was trying to get through the spas without getting injured. You know, you get softer. You know what I mean? When you're young, you're like iron. I didn't give a shit. I could have gone through a wall. I didn't care. When I got older, I did care. <laughs> I had a hard spa. I couldn't get out of bed the next day. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's, 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 it's like I say, I, I ain't no MMA fan, but I've seen Khabib retire. I listened to his interviews and I was reading up on things because I was interested. I'm interested in it. You know, I'm interested in the mindset, you know, how some people can let it go and some people can't. Um, you know, to go out at the top, that's hard. You know, listen, when you're, when you're getting smashed up by people that wouldn't have smashed you a few years earlier, you can't be asked to train anymore and all that. It's not so hard to go out, really, I, I, I would imagine. It's, you know, you, all the signs are telling you to retire. But when you're at the peak, you've, you know, you're, and, you're, and you've got all this... 
uh, these amazing nights ahead of you, and you can earn all this money. To let that go, that's 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 that, that's um, yeah, uh, admirable. Well, yeah, we wish uh, Habib all the best in his retirement, uh, and and we see what he does uh, well in the game. Uh, hopefully, he stays around and trains some of the up and coming fighters. Uh, in the near future. Matt, uh, fight week, as you said, is approaching uh, this week. Sky Sports pay-per-view. Del Boy, Derek Chisora versus Usyk. Are you going to give me an impression of how they say uh, hello, Usyk? Are you going to give me one today, Matt? Who are? <laughs> the theme that's going around with Derek's call, whenever he calls uh, Usyk, he's like, he uses the word hello, Usyk. Oh, Hello, okay. Usyk. Have you oh, yeah. nah, I'll, I'll leave them impressions. Not for me. <laughs> Matt, Del Boy, he's, he's been in those big fights. I remember when he fought Vitaly Klitschko out in Germany and it was a great performance, 12 rounds. He then went ahead, he fought Tyson Fury, got absolutely boxed in, in the ring. And he fought David Hay, he got knocked out. And you thought, you know what, Der- Derek's just going downhill. He's almost finished now, he's going to retire soon. And this life's come into him out absolutely nowhere at Towards the end of his career, where where did Spark come from for Derek? I don't know, but he's he's had some great performances, hasn't he lately? Um, he, um, you know, I, when this fight got made, I thought that's a good fight, man, because you know we all know how good Usyk is at cruiserweight, and no doubt he'll be a good fighter at heavyweight. Will he be as effective? Will he be more effective? You know. Evander Holyfield stepped up. You know, other guys have stepped. David Hay has stepped up. Not, not everyone steps up and, and, and wins. Not every cruiserweight champion steps up and becomes heavyweight champion. Not everyone. Um, you know, Usyk isn't a particularly big puncher. Cruiserweight is fast. He throws combinations. His movement and his agility are, are phenomenal. His judge of distance, his control of that distance, that little half step he does, magic. You know, a basic move. But it does it so well that he, it works every time, you know. Um, so it, it's 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 I can't even remember the initial question because I've got I've gone on a bit of tangent. But it's um, yeah, Chisora has hit great form lately. I don't know. It could be you know sometimes you get a couple of good wins to confidence. Maybe maybe he's maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's achieved a lot and he doesn't feel as much pressure on himself. I don't know. You know, I don't I don't know what it is. But he's certainly hit great form. Um, I mean, the Takam fight, he was getting beaten. He was getting well beaten, I thought, in that fight. In a good fight, but he was losing the rounds. And then, bang, that shot <laughs> with that right hand. And that was that was a bad knockout in the end. I remember thinking, ooh. And then even, um, you know, was it, is it Spilka? Sips? How do you pronounce his name? Uh, you know the guy. He, he knocked him. Yeah, yeah. Flattened him. I mean, that was a heavy knockout. Um, the two fights with Dillian White were great fights. You know, he, um, I mean, those were the sort of fights you didn't want to see anyone to lose, really, because they both fought their heart out. First one could have probably gone either way. I thought Dillian probably nicked it, but it could have gone either way. It was close. Anyway, the rematch, you know, Delboy was ahead, but it's a fair play to Dillian. He, he found the shot and knocked him out. So, but it was a great fight. You know what I mean? It was a great fight. So when the Usyk fight, I, I said, you know, no one has a day on Twitter. I said, no one has an easy fight with... Um, Chisora, and of course, people come back. Well, what are you talking about? Fury twice, blah, blah, blah. David Hay. Fury, yes. Fury's six foot nine, and 
and in my opinion, the best heavyweight in the world. You know, he's an unbelievable boxer and he's massive as well. You know, Chisora just ain't going to get near someone like him. But I don't think David Hay had an easy night with Chisora. I know he knocked him out in the fifth round. Was it the fifth round? I think it was the fifth round. But I don't, I, I, it wasn't an easy night until that point. You know, let me, let me tell you, David Hay knew he'd been in a fight. You know what I mean? He was working hard in that fight. That Dalboy was putting the pressure on. You know, so, you know, I'll rephrase it. Not too many people get an easy night with Derek Chisora. And Usyk coming up from Cruiserweight, you know, not, he doesn't have the size like Fury. You know, is he going to be an easy night? No. Do I think he'll win? Yeah, I do. I do think Jusik will win. I think, he, I think he'll, he'll outthink him. He'll outmaneuver him. He'll be a little bit too quick, too agile, too sharp. And I think he'll, he'll, he'll outpoint him. I don't see him stopping him, really. Maybe late on, maybe. But probably not. I, th- I think he beats him on points by just outmaneuvering him, outthinking him, staying a step ahead of him, using his angles, using his feet. You know, Tazora's a lump and he's determined and he keeps coming. He's a tough, tough man. You know what I mean? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think, I mean, Usyk, I think will be peppering him at times, walking him onto shots, but, and I know we could get the accumulative effect and maybe sicken him or maybe deciding him or maybe get the stoppage late, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I think Chisora will be in there when the final ball goes and I think he'll, I think he'll make Usyk work hard for the win. As you said, he's coming up to heavyweight. He had that one fight about 18 months ago, Usyk. Um, so, Derek's going to be a proper test at heavyweight. But doesn't Derek have almost everything in front of him? You know, I know Usyk's a mandatory for the WBO for anti-Joshua. And, and I'm not saying if Derek wins, he automatically becomes that mandatory. But he keeps himself in a very good position. Whereas if he was to lose, there's really nowhere for him to go. So what are you saying? Well, De- are you asking me if Derek will retire if he loses? I Meaning, do you feel like he, you'll see Derek perform out of his grip? And he will. Oh, no. I, I, I think Derek Chisora is a type of guy. Listen, everyone, some, again, someone can pick a hole and say, oh, this performance. But I'm saying nine times out of 10, Derek Chisora is the type of guy that leaves it all in the ring. You know, he does. He, he, he give, he's a tough man and he, he, he's, he's tough as nails and he, uh, he digs in. You know, you've got to like watching Derek Chisora fight because he, he gives it his all. You know, he's exciting to watch. You know, he's a lunatic at times, but that's what makes him exciting too. He's a character. You know, he boxing needs characters. And Chisora's a character, you know, and he's value for money. Like I say, maybe, I, I can't think off the top of my head. I'm sure there probably is one or two fights where maybe he hasn't, it hasn't been the best. We've all been in those, do you know what I mean? Everyone's had a couple of those in their career. But nine times out of ten, you watch Derek Chisora fight, you are entertained. No, absolutely. Uh, Matt, I just want to get a couple of opinions on a couple of other things that in boxing at the moment. Floyd Mayweather made some comments uh, this week where he said the sanctioning bodies are ruining boxing with, with too many belts. We saw Teofimo Lopez become the, oh, well, it's an asterisk, undisputed champion against Lomachenko. When I spoke to Marisa Suleiman, he said to me that the franchise belt was not transferable. It was rather a, a recognition, a status. Now, do you regard Teofimo Lopez as the undisputed champion? Do you regard Devin Haney as the main WBC champion? How do you look at it with, with all these belts that we have at the moment? 
No, do you know what's happening? And, and Mayweather is right. And, and he said, he, look, he's, people then jumping on, oh, well, it is hypocrisy. No, no, he's saying, he, including himself in it, so I don't think it is hypocrisy. He's admitting that we're all part of the problem, but what we're going to do not be involved in boxing. We're not the ones who get to call these shots. By the way, you know, it's the sanctioning bodies or the commissions, but, and I don't know how you cleaned it up, so I'm not saying I know the answer, but we all know they're bullshit. Of course we know, do you know what I mean? No, no one's saying that. But, I mean, I suppose it was the TV companies initially that used to like titles because they could bill it as a title. Um, but, you know, it, all these belts are just diluting the real belts, do you know what I mean? The real champion, because there's too many. And, 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 and you know, we're the hardcore, so we know what everything is, really, and we can dif differentiate. But, and even sometimes we get... Fucking confused, it's that there's that many going on. But imagine being a casual, imagine not really being a boxing fan, you're a football fan that you follow your team religiously every week. But you like watching the boxing and the big fight catches the imagination. How do you work out who's what? Someone's you know, it's just mental, you know. At least in the UFC, and this is a great thing with the UFC as well. And it's a good thing and a bad thing. So the UFC obviously it's centralized. I know there are other MMA brands, but it's, you know, by far got a strong grip on it, hasn't it, the UFC? So there's one champion. But the thing is there, the UFC make all the money, don't they? Actually, in terms of splits with revenue, the fighters don't really get paid that much to what they should. Where in boxing, the, the fighters now are getting the lion's share of the money, you know. It's a lot more transparent, which obviously they're the ones getting punched in the head. So they should get more money. But then you could, some people might say, well, yeah, the guy who's headlining, the guy who's the star, he's getting the bulk of the money. But they're eating up all the money. Like Mayweather's earned a billion. But what about the guys doing, you know, what about the USBA champions, NABF champions? They're good fighters. What about the British champions? They're good fighters. All right, they're not Floyd Mayweather, but they're professional fighters. They're, you know, the best of their, in their country. But what, what, how much are they getting a fight? You know, so... Even though the boxers are getting the main share of the money, the top boxer is, you know what I mean? Anthony Joshua is, Floyd Mayweather is, you know, these people are, you know, the, the guys, then, then it, it goes, the pyramid isn't like this, the pyramid's like this. Do you know what I mean? So, but if you're a top, if you're top and you're, you know, you become world champion, you'll make a lot of money, you know, but I don't know. Again, look, we're going on a bit of a tangent, I suppose. <laughs> Just, we get talking about boxing. You could, could end up anywhere, couldn't we? But um, the, the, are there too many belts? Without a doubt. And, and, I, and I don't think Floyd Mayweather's a hypocrite saying that. He, he's admitting that he's part of the problem. But if you're involved managing fighters, promoting, you know, you, you, you're going to be, aren't you? Because that's, that's the game. That's the way it's gone. But I think, all, I think most fighters would prefer one title. But then, but then there's got to be there's got to be a FIFA type governing centralized body, a UFC. That's you know there's a top ten, there's a mandatory situation. There has to be fairness and transparency in that case. Like, but boxing's chaotic, isn't it? But then, do people like it because of the chaos? I don't know. Matt, you know when the sanctioned bodies take, they obviously take money when you, when you fight for their belts. Is that a a, a set fee or is that a percentage of, of purse? How does that work? Uh, I think it's usually a percentage. So, oh, you know, the more money, yeah, of, of the purse, so obviously the more money you are earning, the more, the bigger their sanctioning fee. 
So if you're anti-Joshua and Tyson Fury having this big clash next year, do you just say, forget the belts? No, nah, they'll probably pay it, won't they? Because, you know, it's, people say belts don't matter, but they do matter a little bit. Do you know what I mean? But it's, it, it's, it's not as simple as black and white because there's so many of them. They are, they are being diluted, but we all know Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua are the top two heavyweights in the world. Just like we all know Lomachenko is the man. So, so Tiafimo is the man. You know, it, it goes back to when people were, were saying about linear champion doesn't mean anything. All right, maybe there isn't a belt, but it does mean something in, in people's eyes because if you're the man who beat the man, then you're the man. <laughs> you know, you're the man who beat the man, and because that's the lineage, isn't it? It's like, what's the lineage? People talk about lean, lineage in royal families, isn't it? You know, there's, it, there's a line, isn't there? <laughs> it's like, you're the, if you win a vacant title that you got match to mandatory and no one was there and things got vacated, and I don't know, it's not. You know, Tyson Fury beating Vladimir Klitschko isn't the same as Anthony Joshua beating Charles Martin for the vacant IBF, for the IBF, is it? Charles Martin won the title. I can't even remember what happened. There was, but I remember it was, there was someone got injured and he got in. So that's not the same, is it? Now, don't get me wrong, Anthony Joshua's since then made defence after defence after defence, beat Josie Parker, um, you know, Povetkin, all these guys. So no, not one bit of my... It's, not, it's no slant on him. I'm just saying in terms of when he won the title and just won the title off Charles Martin and when, when Fury beat Klitschko, you can't compare those two wins. And it's like, so, you know, t uh, Devin Haney, you know, Devin Haney, you can't compare Devin Haney's world title to the one that Tiafimo Lopez has just won. Tiafimo Lopez just beat Lamachenko. <laughs> you know, there's no, uh, you can't compare those. No, that, that's not to say Tevin Haney wouldn't beat Tiafimo Lopez if they fight. I, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? But I'm just saying in terms of, you know, the, the quality of the win, you know, and, and, and the weight we place on it, then, then like, you know, for, for me, Tiafimo Lopez now is the best lightweight in the world because he beat Lamachenko. That's it. You know, uh, so De Devin, that, I'm not, that doesn't mean Devin Haney won't have a belt, but... Do, do, do people really recognise him as the best lightweight in the world? I don't think so. Not yet. Matt, I'm going to end on this controversial uh, last week, uh, judging, UK judging. You was there, you was there heard your commentary, uh, Ritson and Vasquez. Um, the board did an investigation and they came out. And basically, in, in my words, they basically said they were content and happy with the way Terry O'Connor scored and judged the fight now a lot of eyebrows are raised because everybody i know yeah you might have the scoreline a little bit closer it might not be 10 rounds to two it might be eight to four but there was no way that ritson won that fight have we got problem here in uk boxing now because this is constantly happening people are talking about when you go to germany you get bad decisions or you go to america you get bad decisions but it happens so much here in our country the thing the thing in boxing is uh, and it's what you have to be careful of, is when, the, the, so recently, there have been so many close fights where everyone's screaming robbery afterwards. You know, um, Natasha Jonas, Terry Harper, was a, it was a draw. I thought Jonas did enough, but definitely wasn't a robbery. 
that it was a draw. I, you know, that, that you can see the draw. I, I, I thought Jonas won. I, I definitely had a win and I stand by it. But, you know, Katie Taylor fight against um, Pursue, the rematch. On the night, on commentary the fight, I had it a draw. I watched it back on the Wednesday night and I thought Katie Taylor definitely won it. Definitely won it. She definitely won six of the ten rounds, um, in my opinion, watching it back. So, you know, Eggington Cheeseman, that was a close fight. You know, I had uh, Cheeseman by one round. So, you know, if you've got Eggington by one round, I'm not going to say that's a robbery. It was a close fight with a lot of close rounds. You know, if, 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 if Eggington had got, you know, Eggington got it, it wouldn't have been a robbery. Cheeseman got it. It's not a robbery, but you've got people who are you know, see it their way in a close fight and they think, ah, oh, it's a robbery. It's not a robbery. That's a close fight. You know, don't get me wrong. I didn't think Ritson Vasquez was a close fight. I didn't. Uh, but what, so, you know, for me, I thought it was a bad decision. But what I'm saying is, because you've got people screaming robbery every time there's a close fight that didn't go their way, they seen it or the way they wanted it, you, you dilute it then when someone, there is a robbery. Because it's every week, every week, every week. I mean, every week, Robert uh, Smith must think, fucking hell, no, it's a close fight, it's a close fight. We get one like this, Ritson Vasquez, which, like I said, I didn't think it was a close fight. Then, you know, I think a lot of, I think, I think a lot of people thought this was a really bad decision. I think that's fair to say, isn't it? So this probably is one that should be looked at. But because you've got so many people, because you've got every single week people screaming robbery when it's not a robbery, it's a close fight. It, it, when you do get a robbery, it, it dilutes it. It's a, you know, it's different what we're saying about the belts, but we've got too many belts, it dilutes it, doesn't it? You know, it, you know you've got to be careful of diluting things. And it's like the boy cried wolf, isn't it? You know. Okay, Matt, thank you very much for your time. I know I said 10, 15 minutes earlier. We've waffled on, as always, 30 minutes. Apologies for your roast dinner that you're probably cooking yourself, or roast lunch, or whatever it is. Uh, Matthew Mackin, Fireful TV, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill, in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Podcast Network.